It's Vegas Revealed, episode 71. Las Vegas is back to pre-pandemic life. Pools are packed, concerts are back, and so are the parking fees. We break down what's happening right now here in Vegas. And our new Vegas Revealed interview with the head chef of Brezza, the new Italian restaurant set to open this month at Resorts World. We have a gorgeous 110-seat patio. Oh so it's my a, gosh, it's I love it. 3,000 square feet. Uh, we also have the ability to do live music, a little lounge area that comes off of our PDR. Um, our curb appeal is amazing. We look out to the convention center, the wind, and the pepper mill. So it kind of bridges old Vegas and new Vegas together. Plus, an in-depth chat with other Vegas restaurant owners on whether they're ready for full-capacity crowds. There's a lot to unpack here. Let's get that wheel spinning. All right, we're coming in hot, literally, for Vegas Revealed Episode 71. I'm Dana Roselli. And I'm Sean McAllister. And when Dana says we're coming in hot, literally, we're like dripping with sweat. Because today, as we record, it is 108 degrees outside. And already, the complaints are coming in. I'm seeing the, it's too early. I'm not ready for this. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's hot, and I get it. But we all know where we live. As Caratop always says in his show, it's a dry heat. I was just going to (laughs) say, you know what? We live in the desert, and this comes with the territory. So we know it's going to be hot. Sometimes it does come earlier than other times, but it's here. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And if you've never felt Las Vegas in the summer, it's an experience. Listen, you stay in the air, you you go in the pool, and then at night, you're very comfortable. (laughs) Well, I don't even know about that. We took our dog for a walk last night, and I swear after the sun went down, it was still like 90 degrees. It's true. It's warm. It feels like... A hot hair dryer on low temperature, just like blowing in your face. I know, I know. If it, and a lot of times we don't even have a breeze, so True. then it's just like the stagnant, like the heat rising from the pavement. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Um, come visit us in the summer and experience something like no other. We have great <laughs> pools and air conditioning. <laughs> yes. Okay, we're going to get to the list of shows that were announced this week and just run down The list, because they just keep coming. It's like rapid fire, I know. Uh, We start with Brad Paisley, who has two shows that are coming up this month. They just announced it, and uh, Brad Paisley will be making his debut at Win Las Vegas on June 25th and 26th. Tickets for those shows are already on sale. Yeah, if you love Brad Paisley, road trip. Get here quick, right? (laughs) And then Adam Lambert announced five shows at the Venetian for September, and boy, the, the Glamberts are excited. Man, they've been like tweeting up a storm His since we put that news out. Are dedicated, yes. Um, Keith Urban returning to the Coliseum in the fall, so that'll be great. Rave reviews about his show over there at the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace. Yeah, he's got a residency that started before the pandemic even hit, and now that's resuming. Also, it was just announced that Miley Cyrus is going to headline the grand opening of uh, the day club over at Resorts World on July 4th. Yeah, that's a that's a good get, too. That weekend is going to be packed where there's all sorts of stuff planned for the Las Vegas Strip. 
we have some intel. We don't want to give all the details, but expect a big event on July 4th when it comes to Las Vegas. And um, I think we'll see a lot of celebs in town for that. Absolutely. So uh, that's just a handful of the shows that were announced. I know Alanis Morissette mm-hmm. also coming here with her concert tour. That's right. And I think it's Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, which is popular, uh, but they're going down to a different part of town. So they're not going to be on the strip. Let me look it up. Yes, this is live and happening, uh, action-packed. Here we go, scrolling down. Hold on, hold Ooh, can on. we have some scrolling music? <laughs> yeah, pause for this break as I scroll through my press releases. Okay, found it. It's Joan Jett and the Blackhearts with special guest uh, Leonard Skinnerd as part of this concert lineup at the Laughlin Event Center. So a little bit of a drive. Okay. Close. And by the way, if you do go down to Laughlin, um, that's right on the Colorado River and it's lots nice. of water activities down there. So a, a great People place. watching. People watching <laughs> for sure. And it's usually even hotter in Laughlin than it is in Las Vegas. So that cold uh, Colorado River water feels good if you get out there. Uh, to jet ski or boat or paddleboard, whatever you're going to do down there. And then Fremont Street is back with its free concerts, and everyone loves a good free concert, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, concerts resumed on June 1st down uh, on Fremont Street. And when we say June 1st, we mean like the stroke of June 1st. It was uh, 12.01 a.m., when they officially kicked off the concerts down there on Fremont Street. And a longtime Las Vegas entertainer, Zoe Bowie, was the first to uh, perform. And there was pyrotechnics and showgirls. And, (laughs) I mean, downtown Las Vegas welcomed back live concerts on Fremont Street in explosive fashion. Mm -hmm. And it's a fun show. He does a lot of covers, and it's just a wild, fun time. And it entertains the people as they walk back and forth to the different casinos and different restaurants there on Fremont Street. And the entertainers who are down there, the bands that play, are really good. Mm -hmm. So if you just happen to be downtown, there's a good chance that you'll hear some live music playing and you'll probably get sucked in. I know I do. I end up standing there at the stage for, I don't know, 20 minutes, a half hour, and just like take in the, the live entertainment. Right. Are the street artists there? The, you know, unfortunately they are. Those guys address as kiss. Oh, and then there's <laughs> and the, the topless nurses and, uh, that really shouldn't be topless. And Elmo. That, I like, call her Saggy Sally. <laughs> Saggy Sally. Oh, man. Saggy Sally's always there. The <laughs> Elmo with his costume kind of ripping like he needs a new one. Yeah, well, uh, like it's kind of like he pieces needed a are new falling one off. 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, when we say people watching in Laughlin, we really mean people watching on Fremont Street as well. Woo. All right. Hofbrau House is back open. That's exciting. That is over on Paradise, kind of near the New Virgin Hotels, the old Hard Rock. Yeah, Hofra House is where they do the big Oktoberfest uh, celebration every year. They tap the kegs, the beer is flowing, they have the giant Bavarian pretzels, and if you're lucky and you go there, they may even get you up and give you a little 
paddle on the behind. Yeah, it's always always interesting over there. And they've been closed through COVID, so super excited to see them back open. And I know they're they're excited too, and our tourists too that go there and the locals uh, at Hofbra House. So congratulations about that. Posh Burger opening at Aria, and that's a new restaurant. It's opening June 11th. And it's a new MGM Resorts kind of like fast casual restaurant concept. Um, and it'll be inside a luxury resort. So it's kind of like a interesting concept. But I hear a lot of people talk about it. And apparently it's good. All sorts of different kinds of uh, burgers. The ultra posh burger. The truffle mushroom burger. The impossible burger. The super deluxe wagyu. Am I saying it right? The wagyu. Wagyu. <laughs> Steak burger, as you can tell, I'm not fancy. It's a fancy folks. burger. I know. I just read it. I never say it out loud. And the spicy buffalo fried chicken sandwich, mm. also, and a breakfast burger. So anything that has an assortment of burgers, we're in for. I'm su- I'm a sucker for burgers, yeah. man. Every single time. Also, uh, something that changes seasonally on the Las Vegas Strip, the Bellagio Conservatory has just unveiled its new summer display. And as usual, it is just spectacular, and it's a huge attraction because it's free for uh, tourists and locals, for that matter. I know people who go down there and, you know, take pictures, take their kids. They'll just go down to the Bellagio, maybe get some uh, gelato, go through the conservatory, and it is uh, refreshed for spring with an all-new display. And the ropes are gone, which is great news. During the whole pandemic, they had kind of ropes up and you had to wait in line to go through so that there could be separation and people weren't kind of like on each other taking pictures and all that kind of thing. Um, But now apparently if you go through, that's gone. You can go through at your own pace. You don't have to wait in line. And that's a good feeling. So it's back to every man for himself. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I've gone there sometimes where it's a little busy, but usually, I mean, even though it's busy, you can find your little spot. It's not crazy. Yeah, it's not bad. And uh, we're not even to our tips yet, but here's a tip. Go either uh, early in the morning or uh, late in the evening, mm. and then you can beat the crowds. Okay. And speaking of Aria and Bellagio, they're in the MGM family and paid parking's back. So keep that in mind. That is true. So yeah, if you are driving in from any of the surrounding states, Utah, Arizona, California, keep in mind there is paid parking once again on the Las Vegas Strip. So when we say that Las Vegas is getting back to pre-pandemic, the paid parking is a sure sign that Mm -hmm. that is actually happening. However, if you are a local and you live here, Uh, I know definitely at Caesars Properties, uh, you get uh, free parking for locals uh, for a limited time. It's not like you can park all day, um, but if you're just going in for dinner or something, that's usually covered and you just scan the little barcode on the back of your ID. And here's another tip, Dana. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to hold your ID down toward the bottom of the little scanner thing and you'll see a little X and the X needs to line up with the small barcode on the back of your ID. Oh because I have been behind people who have not known that. Well, that would be... And it takes forever to scan the damn ID. Well... And then the ramp gets backed up. I have a, conven- Everyone's a confession honking. to make. <laughs> oh, no. I went to Matt Franco with you. I met you there. But on the way out, me and my friend Mingo, that was us. Oh, <laughs> But we were at the stand-up paid parking that before you get to the garage. Right. We were trying to scan the license. It wasn't working. Mingo gave up. He just pressed the call the attendant button. Uh-huh. And they're like, all right, 
what you know what's wrong with you guys why can't you figure it out anyway they let us through and but we were those people <laughs> i you know what but those scanners are finicky so just keep that in mind if you're going through there hold your id down low and watch for the little x that appears in the little laser beams and hold that over your barcode and you'll be good to go okay that definitely is a good tip for the locals. We have a lot more tips coming up later too. There's so much stuff going on. Uh, One thing we're going to talk about in just a minute is this uh, celebration of 100% capacity for all of Las Vegas, but the restaurant community. I attended a women's round table. And let me tell you how much I learned by listening to these restaurant owners, what they've been through, what the struggle is now, what they're looking forward to, the patterns that they're realizing and the changes they've had to make. So that's coming up in just a few minutes. But first... We wanted to talk about another restaurant, and that is Hell's Kitchen and the new season that, again, is taking place in Las Vegas, and you will see our Sean McAllister on episode one, the season premiere. And I thought you were going to be on for a hot second, but you were in there. I mean, it was like the, it was welcoming (laughs) the new chefs into Hell's Kitchen as they arrived off of their their big party bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was standing there with uh, Marino, the longtime you know restaurant manager for Hell's Kitchen, and uh, I was a tour guide. I guided the new chefs through this exhibit that really celebrated all of the past twenty seasons of Hell's Kitchen and had all the historic moments and milestones and. It was fun. It was really exciting to be able to help in a small way welcome the new chefs on Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, I mean, you looked fabulous. You sounded fabulous. I mean, and if people don't know, Sean and I do this for a living. You know, we are available to host your show, event, live stream. Yes, we're available for hire. (laughs) And we've done it for more than 20 years, so... We like to think that we're pretty decent uh, yeah. at it. Yeah, you were great. Listen, I had people calling from all across the country going, is that your business partner? Is that your co-host? Is that Sean? <laughs> wow. And uh, it was really cool to see you on there. And, and you're always good at that stuff. And I know you get along well with Gordon. Yes, Gordon is a, a not everyone does. great pal. And we have a great relationship. I've never been yelled at good. by Gordon. Um, but in case you missed the season premiere of season 20, of Hell's Kitchen on Fox. Here's a little clip of uh, the welcome of those young gun chefs. Welcome to Hell's Kitchen. For our 20th season, Chef Ramsey has created a Hell's Kitchen Museum to celebrate uh, the past 19 seasons of our wonderful history. Please meet uh, Shakela and Sean. They will be your tour guides of the Hell's Kitchen Museum. Guys, ready? Join me inside the Hell's Kitchen Museum. Chefs, we have reached the final part of the museum tour. Chef Ramsey has put together a documentary film all about Hell's Kitchen history. I'm super pumped to watch the documentary, especially because we're all young and we all kind of want to know what we're walking into. We hope you enjoy the presentation. Dana, as I mentioned, this season is called The Young Guns. And these are all like millennial chefs who were, I don't know, probably still in diapers when Hell's Kitchen (laughs) originally started airing here in the U.S. 
And the prize this season is really cool and unlike any other season. Since they are so young, they will not be getting a head chef position at one of Gordon Ramsay's restaurants. Instead, they're going to work under Gordon Ramsay and he will essentially be their mentor to turn them into the type of chef that will be able to head a restaurant amazing like he has in his restaurant empire yeah and that's important i mean a a, a mentor like gordon ramsay that's a big deal so it's, this is a big season it's a huge deal and i will just tell you that from knowing gordon ramsay personally over the years one of the things he takes the most pride in is really sharing his knowledge and really helping people grow in under his his tutelage <laughs> and he really does take pride in that and he does a great job he's an incredible teacher despite what you see on tv he's really not a mean guy <laughs> he does demand excellence but he he really will help you in the journey to get there my mom always says gordon swears a lot he does <laughs> and that's i'm like true. well that's yeah he does that is true but he's nice <laughs> so do i every now and then <laughs> guilty as charged Well, speaking of executive chefs, head chefs, I was able to pull Nicole Brisson aside the other day at this women's roundtable. We're going to get into all that, but I wanted to pull her aside just to even speak about Bressa, the new Italian restaurant going into Resorts World. Um, Sean, the way she describes this, it sounds incredible. I can't wait. So Resorts World is opening June 24th. That's a big grand opening celebration, opens to the public on June 25th, and uh, Bressa is one of the restaurants that is going to be opening inside Resorts World. Right, and I asked all the important questions. I talked to Nicole for a few minutes, so let's play that clip and your mouth's going to water. Okay, I'm here with Nicole from Brezza, and you guys are opening on June 24th. When Resorts World opens, is that the goal? That That is the goal. So, I mean, I'm not even in my kitchen yet, but uh, we're testing out of a couple test kitchens, my home kitchen, and kind of just getting everything in place. But, uh, yeah, we should be on property in the next week or so, and um, then it'll just be training and, and getting the doors open. So we're really excited. And so many people are looking forward to Resorts World Open. We have tons of listeners from around the world. Tell me a little bit more about your restaurant. If you go to Resorts World, and we want to come to Brezza, what can we expect? Well, I think the really fun part about Brezza is you can't travel to Italy right now, or you will be able to soon, but we're hoping to kind of transport you into that Italian environment. You know, like we're welcoming you into our family. We have a beautiful 110-seat patio that's lined with 65-plus-year-old olive trees that were transported from Stardust. Um, We're really just taking clean, simple, fresh ingredients. I've got a beautiful wood-fired grill where we're doing white oak, charcoal, and olive branches. I've got a great dry aging program that I'm managing myself. Um, All handmade pastas. We've got uh, tons of shapes, whether it be capolacci, tagliatelle, um, garganelle, all made in-house fresh daily. Uh, Tons of really simple antipasti items that we're pulling from local farms. So we're getting in beautiful tomatoes, watermelon, citrus, whatever it may be locally here. Um, I've got a beautiful herb farmer, Herbs by Diane. All these these local farms I've been supporting for years and just bringing them to the table and, and... celebrating the simplicity of the cuisine. My mouth is watering. Are you guys going to be open uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or just dinner? Thankfully not breakfast. Uh, We will be open lunch and dinner daily. Uh, On Sundays we'll be doing a beautiful brunch with a a great spritz spritz selection, Um, obviously fresh-pressed juices, uh, really 
really exciting kind of offerings, um, Italian-influenced brunch offerings as well. Uh, so brunch just on Sundays, lunch the other six days a week. And I know they talked a lot about a, the restaurants there, a majority of them having patios. Do you have a patio? We have a gorgeous 110-seat patio. Oh, so it's my a, gosh, it's I love it. 3,000 square feet. Uh, we also have the ability to do live music, a little lounge area that comes off of our PDR. Um, our curb appeal is amazing. We look out to the convention center, the wind, and the pepper mill. So it kind of bridges old Vegas and new Vegas together. That is awesome. And you were saying you've worked at other places in Las Vegas for a long time, right? Yeah. So I've, I've been in Vegas for almost 20 years now. Uh, I ran the Batali Bastianich Empire at Venetian Palazzo for about 12 years. I opened the wind initially when I came out from New York. Uh, I opened uh, my own off-the-strip restaurant about a year and a half ago. I uh, got my James Beard nomination, Best New Restaurant, and uh, now this will be my first first gig under, not in the umbrella of a celebrity chef, so it's really exciting, and I feel like it's it's changing changing the dining scene of Vegas. Yeah, it's going to be great, and I think the patio, thing, it's kind of, it, it is interesting, because there aren't a lot of patios in Las Vegas, where people would think, well, the weather's good all year round, except a couple of months in the summer, right? But it's becoming something that people really want, I think. I think so as well. You know, I mean, it's we love people watching, and it's we have the the Elon Musk hyperloop that's letting out there, the new extension of the convention center. So, I mean, this will be a place that transports you away from all the madness. You know, you can really just hang out, have a great spritz, have a great pasta, a simple cooked steak, and just really enjoy enjoy life and the atmosphere. That's exciting. Are you guys hiring? Are you looking for employees? I, I think in the restaurant business, you're always hiring. That's it. <laughs> so uh, we're we're doing great. Um, coming out of coming out of COVID and, and just as, assembling our core crew, but uh, we're always looking to bring new talent. <laughs> oh well, it sounds delicious. And listen, congratulations on everything. We look forward to coming by soon. Thank you. Can yes, you believe it? Almost around the corner. <laughs> very soon. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, you were right, Dana. My mouth is watering. Mm. I am ready for a nice, fresh <sighs> Italian meal. Love that there's a big patio, and also. I, it was really cool hearing uh, Chef Brisson say that in the restaurant industry, they're always hiring Isn't and looking that, for new staff. Isn't that the case? I know. she And she's right. I mean, literally, especially in Las Vegas with the amount of restaurants that we have, you can probably find a job at a restaurant somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You, you just can't be picky on where you want to go. Right. But yeah, if you want to be in the industry, there is plenty of opportunity. Well, Nicole was part of this roundtable that I went to. It was on June 1st. It was the celebration of 100% capacity. The woohoo, we're excited, cheers. I mean, you know, it's been a struggle for a lot of these restaurants. And it's interesting because all of them chose to do something a little different. I had to make decisions that were best for them. Some decided to open when all the closures were going on and just do takeout. And some decided to remain closed. Others decided to open and have a few tables and have, you know, wait staff on on site with the 25% capacity. But, you know, it really depended on what was a good fit for every owner. And they were talking about all that at this uh, luncheon. But, you know, the challenges that they're still facing right now when we talk about staff is getting quality staff into the restaurant because it is so competitive right now right so people are wanting to go back to work but maybe they're wanting to you know make a little more than they did before or want more days off and have time with their families all the owners were saying that family time has become a huge 
thing when these folks are applying for jobs now. And I think it's something we all discovered over COVID. Yeah. And this roundtable, it was a discussion among all female restaurant owners, which it's really cool that you were uh, invited and a part of that, Dana. And I thought it was also really interesting that one of the restaurant owners who took part decided to open a brand new restaurant smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. I know, Main Street Provision. So we're going to talk to that restaurant owner in just a little bit and you'll hear kind of what she went through. Um, But yeah, you know, some people, that's the thing. It's like, well, we planned this. We can't just kind of like close up shop now, you know? What do we do? Do we open? Do we wait? And yeah, they decided to open when it was 25% capacity. So interesting stuff. Uh, Some of the others were talking about how when they hire now, they make sure to let people know we're not open on like holidays so that you can, you will be able to have Christmas and Thanksgiving with your family. Because they said that's a huge, huge thing that's very, very important to people that are applying for jobs. And if not, they'll go down the street and, and find one somewhere else. And that's something that's been born out of the pandemic, when people have been able to stay home and be with their families, they want to continue that now that they're getting back out into the workforce too. Exactly. Uh, One woman was saying that she had eight interviews scheduled and all in one day and not one single person showed up for their job interview. Wow. She said it was the most frustrating, you know, day to her. And and it's, it's just been a challenge to get quality people in there. They have ads, they have job fairs out there. So... If you're looking for a job, these restaurants definitely need people and they want, you know, committed people who want to, you know, enjoy the the, the feeling of kind of feeling like a, a family in a workplace. So um, they also talked about these QR codes, you know, that people are doing the menus on now. Right. Scan, open the camera on your phone mm-hmm. and scan it and you get the menu pulled up digitally. Right. So I was thinking like, OK, everyone's using the QR codes and it's great. But it was interesting to hear the pros and cons from everyone. Hmm. Um, one of the Thai restaurants was saying, we love the QR codes because it tracks where you come from. So they know like someone from California came to our oh, restaurant or someone right. from Utah or and they can see kind of who their patrons are. So so they love that. Someone else said, well, we have a really long menu and, you know, people get kind of sick of scrolling through to like hmm. page 10 and the QR codes don't really seem to work for us. Um, others said they love the paper menus, but they feel like they're killing trees with the amount of stacks of paper they're buying right. and printing and then having to throw these menus out. So it was interesting uh, listening to their take on that as well. And then they also talked about the frustrations over the pandemic of having to deal with, you know what they're most excited about, Sean, is not having to be the mask police. Yes. Anymore. Because they said that was the fights that they got in. Uh, One woman was saying that she'd gotten her car every day after work. Um, I think she was a bartender at one of the restaurants. And she was saying, I, at the time, now she's management. She's been promoted since then. And she's very thankful for that. But she said, I used to cry in my car at how Mm. mean people were to me. Like, I'm not wearing a mask. And she's like, well, and they would say like, well, if you want to pay our $10,000 fine, write me a check, leave the the box blank, and then take off your mask. Right. (laughs) You know, because we aren't paying it. Well, and, you know, that is an example of the additional responsibilities that were thrown on so many people during this unprecedented time uh, over the past 14 months. And, you know, it is interesting to hear the perspective of these restaurant owners, an industry that was just so hard hit uh, during this past time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough. Listen, I talked to um, three restaurant owners 
I talked to Natalia, who's the owner of Big B's Barbecue. They have a location in Henderson and also in Southwest Las Vegas. Then I talked to Kim Owens, who is the owner of Main Street Provisions in the downtown Arts District area of Las Vegas. And also talked to Brandy Thompson, who's the owner of actually where we had the round table and lunch, um, the Agostino's Trattoria, which is kind of in the center of town. I talked to all of them about what they've been through and also their outlook moving forward. Uh, that's really interesting. Uh, let's take a listen to those conversations. Uh, yes, it's definitely been a hell of a year for all of us, not just us. And uh, I'm really, I feel really lucky that we made it through without shutting down. Um, I feel like after this, I feel very hopeful. I feel very optimistic and I feel like I can get through anything after this because that was pretty tough. Yeah. Most of restaurants right now have a, a, a few big hurdles to jump through one of them being being short-staffed because a lot of people still not ready to come back to work whether it's uh, financial uh, because of the unemployment or they just not comfortable to going back out in the world due to COVID so if we are a little bit short-staffed just be a little bit more patient we're gonna be doing our best the staff that did come to work probably working in overtime and doing their best to keep up so please be nice yeah. and not be rude uh, the second big hurdle in restaurant industry right now is the pricing. Everything has gone up drastically. We're trying our best to keep our prices in line where we used to be, but when every single item on the menu has nearly doubled in price, especially meats like beef, pork, chicken, but you do you know, basically gas pricing going up, every other item, including your vegetables, including your potatoes, every single thing is going up in price. And if you see your restaurants increasing prices a little bit, they'll never double, obviously, but there'll be some kind of uptick in pricing. Please understand, it's not because we're trying to uh, gouge, to gouge yeah, anybody. Gouging it's anyone. because we're trying to not to lose money. A lot of times, small price increase just barely keeps us above the water at the same. And Sean, Natalia made a point to tell me that they opened during the pandemic with the you know the pickup and and that kind of thing you could come and order barbecue and they said she said the one thing that they have noticed is all those people who came to them new faces have stuck with them now so they have new customers customers exactly so she said it was a huge benefit for us even though it was a lot to you know make the changes and get staff in to do the orders and all that she said it was worth it well and i'll tell you what we've been loyal in our house to the restaurants that we were able to order from during the the past year as well so Mm -hmm. i have a feeling that people kind of got the impression that restaurants were looking out for them by providing meals during a time when so many businesses were shut down. Yeah, and then I talked to Kim Owens, who's the owner of Main Street Provisions, and you had mentioned this, that they have never been at 100% capacity because they actually opened during the year. So they had to open at the 25% capacity, you know, and then they were at the 50 and the 80, but they've never been able to have 100% capacity. So she's like, I'm excited to see who we bring out. But And I've never been either. Have you ever been? No, I haven't. Yeah. So, I mean, it's someplace I'm excited to check out. But she said their menu is a little bit of something for everyone. Or she said they've got a great bar and cocktail. So she's super excited. It's in the Arts District. And I talked to her about what it was like during COVID, too, and what they're looking forward to. When we were talking at the round table, everyone's asking customers to be patient right now, too, right? Enjoy the experience. Enjoy that you're out. 
and you'll be back and things are going to get better, but you guys are hiring and trying to get staff in and it's, it's a time of change. It is a huge time of change. And one of the things that, one of the words I use most frequently is everyone just needs to practice some grace. Just have some grace right now. Forgive people a little bit a little bit quicker than you normally would. And understand that we're all going through something. Not only people in the restaurant business, but in many, many careers. People are, everybody's going through something. So just practice a little grace. Listen, I agree. And you know what? People that are leaving reviews right now, I find it kind of cruel. <laughs> because it's like, you know, this is a time of everyone's adjusting. And I think I think patience, like you said, grace, it's just, grace. it makes sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You know, and if there is something wrong, give the operator, the restaurateur, give the server, give the bartender, give them an opportunity to make it right. right. Don't just walk out and write a terrible review. Give us an opportunity to fix it if there's a problem. Yeah, Dana, she makes a good point about the reviews. Because, and if you directly go to the restaurant owner or manager before leaving a bad review online, that gives them the opportunity to fix an issue that they may not have been aware existed. Exactly. Or say, hey, okay, listen, this is, we're having a rough time here's whatever a voucher a gift card come back and see us you know in a couple months i promise we're going to get things um and all those restaurant owners at that round table were saying patience please have patience people have to have patience and um you know kim owens was saying have grace just have some grace like she mentioned there um i talked to brandy thompson she actually hosted this luncheon and she's the owner of diagostino's trattoria a great little italian restaurant it's in a little plaza kind of to the west of the las vegas strip over there at uh, flamingo in buffalo and she talked to me about what she's looking forward to when it comes to 100 percent capacity I'm looking forward to all of the families, the large families, being able to dine in again. The parties of 10 or more, they don't have to split up or be secretive about coming here for dinner because they couldn't invite the rest of the family. Now they can all come together and dine again. No more secrets. We can be open, free. I'm just excited about that. I mean, and you, I would imagine by looking around at your restaurant, it is a very family-oriented restaurant where yeah. families do come in and it's almost like that Sunday dinner experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And something else, Sean, she told me, she said they don't even bother with the QR codes because they have an older clientele. And she said, our clientele, they all have flip phones. <laughs> yeah, flip phones aren't going to read those QR codes. Uh-uh. <laughs> and she said, and people that even come in from the strip, their phones are dead from using it all day, taking True. pictures. And yeah. so she's like, we just, you know, we do the menus. And, you know, that's how it is. Every restaurant kind of analyzes their situation and figures out what's best and what works for them. Yeah, and that really is a great perspective that you don't have unless you've been running a restaurant Mm -hmm. or been really entrenched in the uh, food and beverage industry. So uh, thank you, Dana, for going out and, and getting these interviews so that we can share these perspectives that not a lot of the general public have. Right. It's so true. I was chatting with some family about it and they're going, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's true. You know, oh yeah. You know, so so everyone everyone gets it. It's just sometimes you have to be reminded that, yeah. you know, it is important to have patience. You know, until you see the other side of an issue, you may not understand the full breadth of the issue. Exactly. 
All right, should we do some tips? Let's do it. <laughs> we've already had a few tips throughout the podcast, but we have, uh, we've been tip heavy as we, we've gone along. We have been tip heavy. And listen, we love all our listeners that come in and visit Las Vegas. We also have a lot of people that listen that live here in Las Vegas. So I wanted to mention a couple places that have kicked up entertainment that are off the strip. And one of them is a classic, Stoney's Rockin' Country. And they are thrilled because full capacity and line dancing has returned. Okay, very important. Line dancing is huge at Stoney's. People love it. They go, they make a night of it, and it's back. Stoney's is so fun. It really is. And the line dancing is fun. I always get really nervous uh, about going because, you know, everybody goes and... It looks like they're professionals. Right. Like everybody knows how to do all these dances. And I'm thinking to myself, how the hell do they know (laughs) how to do this stuff? But uh, if you go and and talk with the staff or even call ahead, I know before it gets busy, uh, they'll offer... Uh, line dance classes if oh. you go into the if you go into the bar early they do have classes to teach you all the steps so that once it really gets rocking then you'll know the steps and you can get out there and look like a pro you can boot boot scoot and boogie oh yeah <laughs> well can I say you get nervous it's almost like when you walk up to like a blackjack table a gamble like yeah. you kind of know the rules but you're worried that everyone's around you is going to get that mad intimidates me because you're not going to do it right that's how I would feel about line dancing that's why I stick to slots <laughs> exactly like what if I go to the left and everyone's going to the right and they're going to be like get this girl out of the line <laughs> I zig and everyone zags <laughs> exactly. ah. Ah, it's scary uh, station casinos has kicked up uh, entertainment as well so station Station uh, is Red Rock and Green Valley Ranch and Palace Station and Boulder Station and entertainment's back at those properties as well. So if you go to any of those resort casinos off the strip, you will probably hear some music playing, the lounges will be open and all that. And then also one of our spots downtown, a really cool place called Ferguson's, which is like an old motel that has turned into all these little shops and restaurants. They're doing entertainment as well. They just partnered with downtown Las Vegas and did this outdoor concert, and it was really cool. I'm sure they'll have more entertainment throughout the summer. Yeah, that's a really neat new spot. Uh, Also in downtown Las Vegas, this is my tip, Dana, is to visit uh, Notoriety. This is a theater that uh, sprung up really in the middle of the pandemic to offer a venue where uh, entertainers could go and perform obviously with limited audiences up until this point now it's you know wide open mm-hmm. uh, they have a few shows that have been going on there one of them that's uh, going on now is called M is for magic with illusionist David Goldrake also fabulous the show <laughs> is like the ultimate drag queen experience but you know how when you go to drag shows the performers are usually lip syncing. Mm-hmm. Well, these drag queens sing live and they are fantastic. And Edie, who was the mistress of sensuality at Zumanity, the Cirque show that ended up closing over at New York, New York, she is the host of the show, the host and MC. And Edie is literally fabulous. Yeah. And it's fabulous with three A's. Fabulous. <laughs> the show. 
Thanks for explaining that. You weren't just adding your own twist. <laughs> no, right? I wasn't. I was reading the name. I had to do all <laughs> the A's. Again, that is uh, Notoriety in downtown Las Vegas. That's at 450 Fremont Street. And it's the third floor, if you're familiar, in the, the Neonopolis complex down there with mm-hmm. shops and restaurants. Uh, it's in that complex. All right. Hey, and I feel like the tips keep going on. I got to mention, you and I went to Mott 32 again at the Venetian yes. for an amazing uh, dinner. Wow, it was so good. And this is something that they, they did to partner with the LGBTQIA community and the center, which is one of our local uh, centers that supports that community and has a lot of services that they offer. Um, and they did this whole dinner to celebrate diversity, which was really cool. And it was all to kick off Pride Month. And speaking of Pride Month, uh, something I wanted to mention real quick, got a message from Grant on LinkedIn, and he just recently founded a nonprofit in Las Vegas to support LGBTQ and youth and allies. Um, it's called ThePrideTreeLV.com. And when I say it's called, that's the website to go to them. It's The Pride Tree. And if you click on it, you'll see tons of different ways that you can help support the community. And, and they're celebrating a whole 30 days of Pride. And it's a great new organization. I love that. Also, uh, the Tau Group, which owns and operates you know, big nightclubs and restaurants here in Las Vegas, as well as New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, uh, at select uh, venues that they operate, they're giving guests the opportunity to round up their bill to the nearest dollar, and that will be donated to groups that support LGBTQ plus youth. So lots of uh, great organizations. Be on the lookout the month of June, Pride Month, uh, for different restaurants and uh, you know entertainment venues that are going above and beyond to support the LGBTQ plus community. I love that. You know what? The Roundup is my favorite. I think everyone should do that. I can only imagine it's so that they, easy. Th- it's easy. You're always like, yes, just because it just makes sense. Just round it up. Everyone wants an even number on their bank statement, right? No kidding. (laughs) And then I'm sure that it adds up and they make a lot of of money from that. It really does. Yeah. Because when you think about the number of people who go through these establishments, they're high volume, uh, you know, bars, nightclubs, restaurants. So if everybody just rounded up, that makes a lot of money and makes a big difference. That's right. Hey, another quick, quick mention and a tip. If you love jewelry, <laughs> I know it's never ending. Go to the Fashion Show Mall right on the Strip. And there's a jewelry store there called Burger and & Sons. And Orianne Collins, Phil Collins' ex-wife, just launched a line there. And that also goes to a good cause. 20% of all the sales go to two foundations that she created. The Little Dreams Foundation and the Never Give Up Foundation. But she has a new collection called OC Jewelry and it'll be featured there at the fashion show. Man alive. Episode 71 has just been packed with information, tons of tips that we weren't even expecting to throw in. They just kind of happened. That's right. Which I love (laughs) when that kind of happens. But thanks so much for listening. Lots going on in Vegas and we'll have lots more for you next week on episode 72. Have a great week everyone and enjoy that 100% capacity if it allows where you are. Oh, and the 108 degree weather. Yeah. <laughs> Dripping. My tan's looking good, though. Bye. Let's go to Vegas. We'll stay up all night. Let's go to